Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. It has been hard not to notice that the very best version of Georgia football in recent years when it comes to the running back position has been when you have the tandem of running backs that that you know you go back and look at the Keith uh you know the days of like say Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle or DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield that we've seen the best version of Georgia running the football in recent years there has been a tandem of running backs who seemingly have made that possible just kind of become one of the identifying characteristics of UGA football last year's national championship team had a version of that too with Zamir White and James Cook and we've just kind of come to expect good things to come in pairs when it comes to Georgia with the running game and so now that Cook and uh Zamir are no longer here and now that we've gotten used to the idea of Chubb and Michelle having moved on to the NFL and previous versions before that all of a sudden I think you're left to wonder well who is the new tandem of Georgia running backs who are the the new guys they're going to be like whether you want to call them Jordan Pippen or, or Batman and Robin or whatever great pair from the past that you kind of want to make this comparison to who is that new crop going to be and the sense that you get is even though Georgia is very deep at the running back spot with guys who have been here and guys who are on their way uh to being at UGA and being a part of this offense that in a lot of ways, it will be led at the running back position from the tandem of Kendall, Mac, uh, Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh. That's the tandem of Georgia running backs that if there is a pair for UGA, the way there always seems to be a pair, Milton and McIntosh will be those guys for Georgia here this season. It's one of the reasons why when Kendall Milton spoke to reporters the other day, one of the things that he said I thought was so cool on the idea that the players themselves – kind of have an understanding of this they know that not just the on-field requirements toting the load literally toting the football but also the off-field requirements of being a leader and being someone comfortable being the focal point here the kind of thing the media pays close attention to but the kind of player that other players also pay close attention to there as well that's what Chubb and Michelle once were for a great Georgia team in 2017 that's what Zamir White and James Cook were for a national championship Georgia team last year and that's what apparently Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh want to be for Georgia here this season and they seem to be at least in according to the words of Kendall Milton ready for all that job entails in fact this is what he said about that going back a couple of weeks ago you know I feel like it's kind of just a a pass the torch situation you know like I said um, everybody comes in with people in front of them and you kind of, like I said, just soak it in, just be a sponge. And I feel like, you know, they're, they're moved on. They, you know, chasing their dreams at this point. And I feel like it's just kind of the torch pass where me and Kenny, we both have to step up and take on those leadership roles because at the end of the day, we're kind of the older guys on the team. So, you know, it's our responsibility to, you know, kind of lead that role. It is one thing to say you want that. It's another thing to, you know, actually believe you're capable of doing that. And then a far different thing to have somebody else step on uh, step up on your behalf and say yes I believe you are truly ready to do that obviously Kendall Milton's got confidence in himself and he should and he's got confidence in his partner there Kenny McIntosh and the other running backs in that running back room Milton made uh, you know great efforts to, to to praise a lot of those guys that he plays with at the running back position when he spoke to reporters the other day but what we're also hearing is people who know the Georgia running back position really well 
are kind of also seeing a similar possibility in mind for Milton and McIntosh. They could really be a reminder of what great running backs for Georgia have been in the past. In fact, we had a guy on the show this week who was also once a part of a pair of Georgia running backs. Keith Marshall, former elite recruit, dealt with a lot of injuries during his Georgia career and yet uh, has you know bounced back from all of that and now become a very pivotal figure in the uh, kind of NIL, NFT world, working with the Players' Lounge. We're going to be with the Players' Lounge coming up next Saturday. But Marshall was on the show on Tuesday. It was a little later in the broadcast, so maybe not everybody's had a chance to hear it yet. Uh, sometimes some of the stuff that happens later, people don't hear for a couple of days. But I did want to highlight one of the things that uh, are a couple of things that uh, Marshall said on the show, a guy who knows the running back position at UGA, who knows what it's like to be a part of a tandem of running backs. He was once paired with uh, Todd Gurley in kind of a similar type situation there at UGA. And on the guy that we just heard from, Kendall Milton, who's ready to take that baton along with Kenny McIntosh be the next great pair for UGA. Certainly a guy like Keith Marshall who knows what it takes seems to think that's certainly a possibility for Kendall Milton. He said that on Tuesday. Wanted you to hear that today on this Friday. Here's Keith Marshall. Well, I mean, everybody knows, you know, Georgia's known for having dominant running backs. That's kind of one of our uh, one of our things that we push out. And so I think we certainly have the talent in the room. Super excited to see what Milton's going to be able to do. When you look at him from just a, you know, physical capability, he has everything that you want in a running back. He's big, fast, strong, runs through tackles, has good balance. So super excited for him to get in a position where he can showcase a little bit of that, get more touches. I think it's really interesting to hear from Keith Marshall, and I think the way in which he describes Milton there, this was from our show going back to Tuesday, is is really pretty good because Georgia fans have seemingly had an idea about this for you know quite some time, going back to like, I want to say we probably talked about Kendall Milton for the first time on our program when he was a junior in high school that's been you know that long ago that, that he's been kind of on our radar, and the kind of guy that you just sort of look at and he just kind of obviously has the visual characteristics that make you think that he can be a a great running back and that kind of demeanor that kind of style is going to kind of create a certain level of hype that goes along with that I don't mean hype in a bad way I just mean hype in terms of the fact that people are going to want to see more of you and Kendall Milton's going to dealt with that for quite some time There is, however, another guy in this Georgia running back conversation that much like Kendall Milton has maybe big things attached to him, but maybe for some folks, maybe kind of, you know, outside the the typical sphere here for us around Dog Nation or whatever else, maybe he hasn't always been quite as well known, but at different times for different ways, he has certainly kind of given his own reason for folks to be impressed with him in much the same way. Keith Marshall looks at a guy like Kendall Milton and says, hey, he's got everything you want a running back to have, and this could be the year it kind of all comes together, healthier and now ready to have more snaps and more you know, more attention and to kind of step into that spotlight and have some big things happen for him. Another guy that, that Keith Marshall, a, a former Georgia running back, kind of put in a similar category when he joined us on Tuesday was, was Kenny McIntosh. And there was one word in particular that Marshall used while describing McIntosh that I thought was – Really pretty interesting in terms of how he sees his possibility for this upcoming year. This was, once again, from our show on Tuesday, Kendall Milton speaking about Kenny McIntosh. Take a listen to this. 
a guy that I think has been extremely underrated. I think he kind of fills that niche of the third down, do it all. You can put him out wide. It's Kenny McIntosh. I mean, he's he's smooth as butter. Um, he's probably the most natural runner I've seen in Georgia in a while, and that's saying a lot because we've got a lot of really good running backs. And so I think those two guys have an opportunity to really establish themselves and make a name for themselves. And then obviously you mentioned some of the other guys that are waiting in the, waiting in the rings. I'm super excited to see what Robinson is going to do. Um, you know, he got a lot of high praise, high comparison, some names. I'm not going to put that on him at, at this age, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. So let me just kind of give you kind of a blue sky assessment of this for a moment, kind of a optimistic appraisal here on a Friday before we head into the uh, weekend. I think for whatever reason, as a recruit, Milton probably just got more attention than McIntosh. There are a lot of people who I think have an idea that Kendall Milton can be a pretty good player, a really good player, and this may be the year he gets a chance to more fully show all of that. I think there are even people who are not Georgia fans that, for whatever reason, are just kind of fairly well acquainted with Kendall Milton. But I get the impression on the Kenny McIntosh side of things that a word that Marshall used to describe him may actually be true. That He truly might be a little bit underrated. He truly might be a guy that, while Georgia fans know all about him and know all the possibilities that exist there, both running the football, catching the football, and in the Orange Bowl, even throwing the football, there are a lot of folks that maybe are not Georgia fans who are just kind of you know, curious about the SEC or curious about the national contenders, maybe they don't quite know just how good Kenny McIntosh can be for the upcoming season. Maybe to them, he really is underrated. And maybe when people think about all the stuff that George doesn't have, you know, historic defense, a lot of names gone from that, or George Pickens no longer here playing wide receiver, or whatever other name you want to mention in this category, maybe there is another category that some folks who are not UGA fans ought to be paying attention to there as well. Who are the players that exist on this Georgia roster that might be way better than some folks have considered? Well, in the case of uh, Kenny McIntosh, that may be an example of that. Who knows? Maybe Milton kind of belongs in that category, too, because I think when you look at, you know, what folks are expecting from Georgia this upcoming season, I don't know that a lot of folks may be quite figured out as of yet that this could be a running back room here this year, ready to remind folks, as I've told you before, why Georgia is running back university or RBU, as we've kind of called it. I think that's one of the really interesting opportunities that exist for these Bulldogs, uh, a chance to maybe not quite be as good as they were in some areas a year ago, hard to match the national championship performance, but in other areas, maybe even better. In the case of Milton and McIntosh and the rest of these Georgia running backs, that's one of those areas where I do see room for at least statistical improvement and maybe a pretty stern reminder of who exactly is RBU coming from some of these fans across the country as soon as the season begins. My name is Brandon Adams and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Presented today by Kroger and glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Normally it's first and 15 dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. We're back doing that again on Monday. Looking forward to that at 945. And then of course, uh, all the other fun stuff there as well. Video live at 10, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, podcast form, wherever you find them, including the worldfamousdognation.com, Apple, Spotify, everything else in between. Just really appreciate you being a part of this program here today. And our a big thanks to our friends at Kroger also there as well for not just supporting us here at Dog Nation Daily, but helping us out with something that's really challenging right now. I don't know that it's ever been more expensive to you know, pay for the fuel that powers our vehicles than it is right now, at least in my lifetime. I have a hard time remembering a time than it was. And so we're all trying to do what we can to figure out where to find some savings. That's where Kroger steps up, because when you do the things you're already doing anyway, buying the things that you need, the food, the household essential items right there at Kroger, 
you have a chance to also turn that into fuel points that can save you money at the pump when you're putting fuel in your vehicle there as well. Kroger Fuel Rewards something you definitely need to make sure you know a lot about because you're going to earn a fuel point for every dollar you spend in a Kroger store or online at Kroger.com. And you're going to also have opportunities in some cases to earn double the fuel points there as well when you purchase gift cards and on special select weekends there too or when you become a member of Kroger Boost, the great new membership opportunity that exists for Kroger there as well. So there's a lot of great ways to take advantage of the fuel points that come your way from Kroger and the double fuel point opportunities there too. So simply stop in store and look around your local Kroger and find out more about this or go to Kroger.com and do more of that shopping there as well. So keep that in mind as we all try to save money where we can here during these challenging times. All right, it's going to be Jeff Sintel coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll do some UJ recruiting talk with him. We'll also give Jeff a chance to do what he doesn't always get a chance to do in a show like this. Give his own thoughts about what he's seeing unfold with Georgia spring practice right now as we roll closer about a week away from G-Day coming up. So Jeff will give you some thoughts on that when he joins us here in a couple of minutes there as well. But before that, I feel like lately I've been telling you about so many cool events that are going to be going to go up. Let me see if I can speak here for a second. So many cool events that are going to be happening over the course of the next week, heading into G-Day and everything else. And so I hope that you're making note of all this. We're lucky to be a part of these types of things. We want you to be able to be a part of it there as well, including our home away from home when we're in Athens. That's the UGA Bookstore. Now, we'll be at the UGA Bookstore next Saturday after the game for our Dog Nation postgame show. And that's always a lot of fun to be able to be a part of. But in addition to that, there are also great autograph signings taking place at the UGA bookstore on both Friday and Saturday of next week. You want to make sure you're aware of those things there as well. So let's start with Friday, April the 15th. That's 4 to 6 p.m. This is the day before G-Day next Friday. Signing autographs there at the UGA bookstore. Trayvon Walker, soon to be a very high first-round pick. That's a very coveted signature. It's going to be on an NFL contract here coming up pretty soon. And you get a chance to get that uh, signed. Your own autograph of uh, Trayvon Walker uh, next week at the UGA bookstore. It's from Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Make sure you're a part of that. And then two former dogs also there next Friday there as well. Isaiah Wynn, Thomas Davis. All of this going down April 15th from 4 to 6 p.m. And then on Saturday from 10 until noon, 10 a.m. till noon before the game kicks off there at 1 p.m., three members of the National Championship Georgia Bulldogs are going to be on hand. Jamari Salyer is going to be there. Jamari had a great um, interview with Jeff at uh, on Before the Hedges presented by Kroger last week where he was talking about his chance to be there at the UGA Bookstore, how much he's looking forward to that. So he'll be there. Quay Walker's going to be there. Justin Schaefer there as well. So a lot of former dogs from the national championship team and great dogs from years gone by. April 15th, April 16th, that's next weekend at the UGA Bookstore. If you'll go to ugabookstore.com, you can find out more information about all of that. And then we'll see you after the game next Saturday for our Dog Nation post-game show there as well, once again from the UGA Bookstore. So a lot to keep in mind as we head towards next week. But for now, the only thing you need to know, recruiting talk with Jeff Sintel, thoughts on Georgia ahead of G-Day, so much good stuff with Jeff here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. Hope you enjoy it. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, great chance to speak to Jeff Sintel. Fun conversation with him, as always. Pre-recorded version of this for us here today, but nonetheless, interesting stuff. Some on recruiting. We'll get into some of the G-Day stuff here a little bit there as well. Jeff, if you don't mind, let me kind of speak to you here on a recruiting topic before we get into anything else. Kind of the man of the hour that it has been now for a few weeks, and that is a five-star quarterback, Arch Manning. And 
And one of the things I mentioned in one of our shows earlier this week was something I'm starting to notice. I'm curious if you're noticing this there as well, which is that the mainstream nature of the Manning recruitment, meaning that there is interest in Manning from folks who maybe don't typically follow recruiting, I think is also starting to impact the way in which the Manning story is being covered. You know, we've seen Manning take three visits recently, one to Georgia a couple of weeks ago, Texas after that, Alabama last week. And you know, you almost if you really like put your ear to the ground and listen to a lot of like the online internet type chatter after these, you get the impression that each one of these visits left this like wildly different and new scenario where he visits Georgia and boy, there are a lot of folks thinking, well, that means he's going to Georgia because of what was being said coming out of the visit. And then he goes to Texas and all of a sudden, you know, you see this flood of online predictions of Manning to Austin, Manning to Texas, Manning to Texas, and then he goes to Alabama, and there's a new flood of these online predictions of him to Alabama. And look, in, in some cases, these kinds of things work out that way from time to time. But you know, the idea that each one of these unofficial visits to campuses that Manning kind of already knows pretty well, the idea that these unofficial visits are leading to like wildly different scenarios where there's a, a new leader after each one of these visits, to me, this seems like more of a response to the mainstream appetite for Manning News than an actual reflection of what's happening on the ground, at least if I were to to make an assumption about that. Do you get where I'm coming from on this and kind of what do you make of the state of the Manning recruitment right now? Well, uh, Brennan, I think it's funny. First of all, I want people to look at this for what it is. It's a weaponized commodity for content. When uh, Manning visits, there's a news cycle, there's a rush. They want to see the beat writers and the analysts. They want to push out good things to their subscribers or their content base. And you know what's happening? I really legitimately believe that the Mannings are coming through and they're enjoying themselves. They're saying, I like it here, man. It's pretty cool. I could play here. And and that's where I guess the mushroom cloud kicks up because everybody – Let's face it, Brian. And if I was to tell, you know, Joe Reader that, you know, Georgia uh, three months from now picks up a commitment from another five star quarterback, people are going to go like, oh, wow. Okay. Georgia quarterback room. Wow. That'll be crazy. But it just means more when you say uh, a Manning legacy quarterback is committed to Georgia or Alabama or Texas. I think that's where the casual fan gets in there. And it's more like this it's like, oh, wow. Team X just got Arch Manning to play quarterback for them. Or if, if you have a top five team and the quarterback is a Manning, you know, that just adds a degree of difficulty there if you're the defense trying to stop them or if you're the guys on the other side. And Brendan, the recruits in the class already know it because they know they want to go play with Manning because they know yeah. he's going to do great things. They know that's going to bring spotlight. That's going to bring TV coverage. And it's going to, it's going to make wherever you go, whether it's in Alabama, or in Georgia, uh, even at the lofty levels those programs are at, it's going to jack things up a notch where that game is going to be even more of an epicenter of college football in the South. Whereas where I think Texas is trying to stake its name and, and have Arch Manning elevate its program considerably, I think even with the Georgias and the Alabamas, uh, you've got a guy here whose mere addition to the class is going to make that, that fan that maybe doesn't even know for sh- now, there's a lot of folks, Brandon, that live and die and breathe on everything we write and we read and you say, but there's a large percentage of Georgia fans that have trouble on a Wednesday or Thursday, even knowing what, what time the game is on Saturday. And I think that's the young, that's the fan, that's the Georgia football quote unquote, uh, fan 
this get that gets pulled in by this news cycle here. Yeah, so I've said this before that I'm a Georgia partisan. I want the best for Georgia, and therefore I want Georgia to win with Arch Manning. But it's not because I'm sure of how great he is. Frankly, I'm not willing to risk much of a wager on him being better than Gunnar Stockton or better than Brock Vandegrift or better than Carson Beck. I just think that these kinds of things will have to play out to to, to know. I, I'm not confident of any group of quarterbacks which guy is going to emerge to be the best I want to see how that plays out but I do think that Manning brings a lot of attention with him to UGA I think that's attention that's good for the program clearly other recruits are watching this big time names that you and I have already talked about before I think they have their eye on Manning a little bit so the carnival barker in me the kind of circus ringmaster in me wants Manning to come to Georgia for those reasons as much as anything to do with what's going to happen on the football field because I think the actual stuff between the white lines can be mysterious it can be hard to predict but the reaction to Manning coming to Georgia if he does is not a difficult thing to predict it's fairly easy to assess how that's going to go it's going to bring a lot of spotlight a lot of attention for UGA for the most part that's its own kind of currency in my mind. I think, Brandon, I want folks to realize this, no matter how much you have the mega horn to your mouth uh, at center ring with a top hat on. I, I think folks need to realize this. Yes, Manning is a name. It's a commodity. It's going to be a great football player. But it's an unlock recruit in my mind's eye. And what it does is Georgia, it's crucial because they, they just built a championship defense, retooled a championship defense in 2022. And I think the Manning recruitment is the key to pairing that with a championship-caliber offense. I think Georgia's chances with every mega-wide receiver recruit it wants, maybe even the running backs, maybe even some offensive linemen, I think they go up about 10 to 15%. Uh, that's a casual number there I'm throwing out with, if Arch Manning is in the class. I think that he will have uh, – I used this term many years ago when I first started covering uh, – covering Dog Nation and Georgia recruiting, I called it the Pied Piper. Well, this won't be a Pied Piper. This will basically be a viral quarterback attracting likes from every talented pass catcher and offensive threat in the country because they want to go play with Arch. And, you know, the things that people don't get about Arch is 6'4 and a half, 215, going to be bigger than any of these quarterbacks that Georgia has stacked up. And, you know, Brandon, he can really roll. I mean, I think one of the things people get lost when they – they start thinking about Arch Manning. They start talking about his last name. They don't focus enough on the game. And the game is really transcended to his grandfather, Arch Manning. His name's Archibald Manning. But his his game harkens back to Grandpa. And the times out there for Arch are really good. 4'6", high 4'5". He can really roll. It's uh, interesting to hear. Jeff, we're pre-recording this today on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. It gives us a chance to talk about some things we might not always get a chance to. Normally, we're breaking down the recruiting news of the moment, and today we get a chance to kind of stretch our wings a little bit more on something a little bit different. I mean, when you look at what's happening with spring practice thus far, recruits that you've covered who are now playing at UGA, we're inside of a couple of weeks away from G-Day. What kind of stands out to you as someone who's observing all of this? What kind of stands out to you thus far as kind of the storylines that have probably gotten more attention from you about how this team is starting to come together here this spring? I think the storyline that's probably dominating this spring is probably the Eric Gilbert storyline, how how much does he weigh? How much is he making plays? Is he a tight end? Is he a tight end just because of Darnell and Brock are out, or is he a tight end because that's his future? You've heard Kirby Smart say that he thinks his long-term future and maybe the position he will develop best at will be will be the tight end spot. So 
as delicious as Georgia's offense looked with a lot of heavy tight end sets a year ago, I think the possibilities of that are interesting. We all knew Kenny McIntosh and, and, and Kendall Milton were going to look very good. I think the other things you're hearing, when you put your put your ear really close to the ground, is, man, I think that Michael Williams is going to play some meaningful snaps against Oregon. I think he's pushing to be a second teamer right now. I think those are kind of the dominant storylines. You, when you hear Kirby Smart mention that he doesn't have enough corners and they've never been as thin as they are right now at corner, I think Georgia fans will, will take that and listen to it. But I remember him saying a lot in a lot of springs that Georgia is thin at receiver and thin at corner. And I think the good thing for Georgia, not just the portal, is there, there are guys like um, Julian, Julian Humphrey and Jamal Jaheen Singletary coming two five-star defensive back types that will give Georgia a little bit more oomph in terms of that young defensive back with a lot of talent. Um, the name that I don't think ha- people are, are talking about enough is I think you're seeing in a lot of the, the, the reports, you're seeing in a lot of the whispers. Like Kamari Lassiter is really being counted on to play a lot of big ball this spring early on as the cornerback opposite Keeley Ringo for Georgia's number one defense. And I think that young man, uh, I've always been high on him. He was so versatile. Maybe he's not the, the blazing speed that you've seen out of Tyson Campbell and you've seen out of Keeley Ringo and, and their recruiting profiles of, of years gone by. But I really think there's something solid and there's really something permanent and a, a top, top flight playmaker in Kamari Lasseter's game. I think that's really interesting. In the case of like Mikhail Williams that he brought up a moment ago, like one of the cool things I think about Georgia right now is you know, at a place like this, for incoming freshmen, it is hard to earn a spot to, to get a chance to play, that you are having to compete against some fully grown men to get your chance to do that. But it's also not impossible either. I mean, there have been comparisons to Trayvon Walker and Mikael Williams, and as much as Kirby kind of pushes back against that. I mean, we saw Trayvon kind of have that role when he first got here. He was, you know, playing over the ball in those third down situations. He was providing some interior pass rush in a situation like that. They found a way to use him because when you have an athlete like that, you want to use him to do something even early in his Georgia career. So, you know, the idea that a guy like Mikael, who had so much praise heaped on him and so many awards given to him there at the end of his high school career the fact that you know he could have some chance of doing that I just think that works out really well for Georgia A because you want your best best athletes on the field but B you want to be able to tell the next five-star defensive lineman you don't have to wait to do something here if you're athletically ready we'll find a way for you to contribute even right away I just think that kind of helps keep that cycle spinning I believe yeah it does and I mean I think Kirby was kind of somewhat uh Everybody caught attention of when he said, I don't know if this hype on this young man is warranted yet. Kids have so much uh, placed on them and so much expectations placed on them. Well, you know, Michael may have not have been able to know where what a seven tech, eight tech, a nine tech was in Georgia's defense or in any defense, but those are things that can be coached up pretty nifty, pretty swiftly by uh, Travion Scott. That thing, the thing that happens after once the young man gets lined up in the right spot is really special about about Michael and it's not like people are making uh making Sanford Stadium out of the the intramural practice fields here the young man was named the Maxwell Award defensive high school defensive player of the year which is they only give out one of those every year and that's the equivalent of the high school Heisman for defensive players and he was also in my mind the best player pound for pound that was there at the All-American Bowl at, in January I think those two badges on the resume for uh, Michael Williams show that, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't unwarranted. Every time Michael Williams has 
has been in an arena where he's had a chance to prove himself. He's been up to the task. Let me finish with this. You and I haven't had a chance to talk about this very much on the air yet, but the next time we speak live, it'll be just before G-Day, and then we'll be also within a couple of weeks of being on our very first ever cruise with Dog Nation. You and I together, Mike Griffith is going to be there as well. So many of our Dog Nation daily listeners and viewers and DogNation.com readers setting sail on Independence of the Seas, going to NASA on the Bahamas, perfect day, Coco Cay. Jeff, I haven't had really had a chance to talk to you too much about this. How much forward, How much are you looking forward to being able to be a part of this very first ever cruise with Dog Nation. It's only a couple of weeks away, and we're going to be enjoying some fun and some sunshine and everything else. And uh, I know you're uh, no stranger to a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Myself, I'm not either. But I am looking forward to being on one with you here coming up very soon. Sounds pretty fun, Brandon. I think one of the things that makes Dog Nation really, really cool is just the community we have and the community we've built. And it's a community of people that say hello, and they earn their top fan badge with you, and they – hang out with you every day with their hot takes on Georgia football and, you know, associating names with faces or maybe even breaking bread at the same time with some mm-hmm. of those folks will be, will be pretty interesting. And it's, you know, the, you, you, I, I, I'm curious, Brandon, I'm sure you've got this laid back cachet of Hawaiian shirts or tropical shirts. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to reel out on everybody. Probably Without some of them doubt. have some sort of Georgia or dog, Na- or dog nation logo on it. Without a doubt. You know, I got to say this, Brandon, and this is the obvious thing in the room. Our boss is really hard on us, making us uh, go on a Dog Nation cruise with all these great Dog Nation people. And, you know, that's a tough life. That's a tough life to have to do that. And um, You know, I, I think to me, Brandon, it's more of a step back into the world that we used to know when we used yeah. to have the Dog Nation invasion. We used to have those great outings, at a, whether it be a Marlowe's Tavern or a Dog Nation Day Summer. It's just more of that again, and and really, uh, I hope people are looking at it this for what it is. Yeah, it's a vacation. It's a beautiful cruise ship. It's a loaded cruise ship. Brandon Adams is going to be there, uh, but it, it's a chance, really, to just kind of take a victory lap a minute and just kind of reel and bask in the fact that something that this entity that everyone pours their heart and souls into, whether it's our jobs, it's our occupation or whether it's just incredible fandom for all those that are going to be there with us, it's a chance to sit there and maybe raise a glass and have a toast to say, yeah, that just happened, and let's celebrate that for a week on a cruise boat. Boy, that's great stuff, Jeff. Can't wait to see you there for that. Back here live on our program again next week. Hope you have a a great weekend, and uh, we will look forward to uh, speaking to you soon right here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Hey, always a pleasure, B.A. See everybody at G-Day. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, really good stuff from uh, Jeff Sintel there. Fun to be able to talk with him, getting ready for that G-Day, and getting ready for that Dog Nation cruise there as well. In fact, if you want to go cruising around the SEC with uh, Royal Caribbean, we do that each and every day. But if you want to be cruising around the Caribbean with Dog Nation, we're going to be doing that starting April 25th on Independence of the Seas. Looking forward to doing that. Can we bring that music down just a little bit more if you don't mind? Uh, Looking forward to uh, doing that. Uh, leaving out of Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay, doing a lot of great things and inviting you to be a part of it. Still a little bit of limited space left and a little bit of limited time, dognation.com or dognationcruise.com. You can find out more details about all of that. It's going to be a great experience, obviously on board, Independence of the Seas, great specialty restaurants, really cool entertainment options, you know, uh, 
so many just fun things. And then obviously the the ports of call themselves. Heading to Nassau, one of the great towns you can go to. And I had a great snorkeling trip there recently. And you can go to the beaches at Paradise Island. Uh, you can check out Perfect Day Coco Cay, which is truly one of the best getaways you can ever have. A great experience, and it's exclusive for those on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. So make sure you check that out, dognation.com or dognationcruise.com. Our friends at the Cruise and Vacation Authority helping us get booked up on this. Your chance to be cruising with Dog Nation coming up in just a couple of weeks' time. It's actually going to be here before you know it. All right, so we started this yesterday with uh, our friends at the Wynn Sportsbook in Las Vegas. They've put out their over-unders for the SEC West. My guess is the SEC East is coming up pretty soon a lot of the other sports books will have their season win total projections here coming out pretty soon there as well so we did bama a&m and ole miss yesterday let's do uh four more of those today and kind of round out the sec west starting with arkansas at six and a half you know sam Pittman has exceeded expectations two years in a row as arkansas coach not an easy thing to do in the sec west but there aren't very many teams in the country the upcoming season we're going to be able to say you know bringing back coordinators you know bringing back quarterback bringing back some continuity also bringing in a dynamic transfer like a Jaden hazelwood uh arkansas being better than six and a half i think that's that pippen's been a pretty safe bet thus far through two years with the hogs i probably like the six and a half over on this as much as i'm gonna like anything i think there's a lot to like about arkansas for the upcoming season so early thought on that give me the over Six and a half for the uh, Razorbacks. Let's see what else we have going on here when it comes to the rest of the SEC West for a moment. Let's look at our next one here. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State also at six and a half for the uh, upcoming season. You know, this is one of those where analytics community, they like the Bulldogs a lot. You know, they're rated pretty high in some of the preseason stuff. Clearly, Mike Leach kind of, you know, getting that system more fully instilled there in Starkville. There were some thought there'd be a year two bounce. They did get a little bit of that with Will Rogers in place, their quarterback, and what Leach is able to do. You know, this is one for me I don't have a strong feeling about necessarily on either side of that. But if a team like Arkansas is going to be good, they have to get those wins from somewhere. And a place like Mississippi State's one of the spots where I think there might be an opportunity to take something. If you give me my choice of two teams with the same exact win total, courtesy of the win, who do I like more, Pittman at Arkansas or Leach at Mississippi State? No problem telling you. I like what Pittman's done there at Arkansas a lot more on that. We'll go and look at our next one here, LSU at six. You know, it's very interesting. You don't see a lot of losing records for Brian Kelly going back to his time in either LSU or Cincinnati. And for a long time, you know, LSU was going to be kind of one of those teams that Las Vegas typically had power rated in the top ten regardless of record. How much of that, though, even still holds to be true given all of the transfer departures from LSU given the just the upheaval and disarray that the program's found itself in over the course of the last couple of years uh, and and part of the reason why George Ryan's no longer here in fact maybe the reason he's no longer here is because of just that lack of organization continuity for LSU a couple of seasons removed from a national championship so this is also for me right now probably a little bit of a stay away if only because there are a lot of gambling minded folks in Las Vegas who've been telling you that LSU is still dangerous regardless of record but how many times could they be wrong about that before you have to let the wonder of, hey, how much of the old LSU program magic still exists and how much of that is uh, Brian Kelly going to have to work to resurrect that? Hard time seeing him go five and seven, but certainly a hard time seeing him win eight, nine games right now either. That's probably a stay away from me from right now until we find out more information about LSU. Let's see our next team kind of bouncing through here, and that is Auburn at five. Now, 
I don't think there's any doubt that Auburn's the worst team in the SEC West. There's no question about that. But how bad is the worst team in the SEC West? For instance, if you really are interested in more than just, hey, you know, what the projections are, if like if you really are interested in maybe betting some of these, figuring out how bad Auburn is helps you with a lot more than just Auburn season win total. Because if Auburn does become something of a guaranteed win for a for an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State or or an Arkansas or even a Texas A&M, all of a sudden those teams hitting their overmark becomes a lot easier to imagine. And frankly, I think that Auburn starts this upcoming season with Brian Harson in a little bit of kind of a dead man walking type situation. I think that Auburn would love to have moved on from him last year, but couldn't find not just the financial resources to be able to make the decision, but like the the face saving necessity of moving on from a coach that's only been there for one year. I think that was just too much for the Auburn administration to have to stomach. And so now they start a year knowing full well they probably don't have their guy in place, the guy they want leading this program, but they had to bring him back for another year. Is that a recipe for a disaster? You know, barring one of these quarterbacks emerging, I kind of think that it probably is. And so if you think Auburn is as bad as I think they may be, then you can start looking for some of those other teams, the two Mississippi schools, LSU maybe, certainly Arkansas, as a possible likely over because all of a sudden, in a division that's not supposed to have an easy guaranteed win, Auburn starts to feel a little bit like that for some of the teams involved. We'll make that. Cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And by the way, speaking of big things going on next week, told you about some fun stuff for G-Day weekend here a little bit, but don't forget what's going to be going on with us and the Atlanta Braves there as well. Braves getting back to the business of defending their World Series uh, trophy. And, of course, next week they're also celebrating Champions Week there at Truist Park there as well. Big homestand with the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals. And on April 13th, a very special opportunity for both Georgia fans and Braves fans as both trophies, the World Series Championship Trophy from the Braves and the College Football Playoff National Championship Trophy for the Georgia Bulldogs in the same place at the same time. Your chance to get your photo taken with both those trophies if you've got a ticket for the 1220 game there that day. This is going to be a fun day. We're going to do Dog Nation Daily that day live from sport and social. So that's going to be a cool thing. You can hang out with us there. We'll get our picture taken with the trophies. We'll enjoy a little day baseball. What a great time to be in the Battery Atlanta and Truist Park. Go to Braves.com slash Champions Week to find out more about that. Braves.com slash Champions Week. Hope to see you at Truist Park next week for a very, very fun event. All right, thank you so much for allowing us to have a couple of pre-recorded shows here this week. Looking forward to being back in our normal form there on Monday, but we'll also look forward to closing out the week in kind of normal style there as well. A couple golden shoes to give out here for a moment. I thought this was funny from a buddy, uh, Harvey Dog on Twitter, who said, uh, I said it best, those lousy stinking Gators need to celebrate any win. This is going back to the Georgia sweep against uh, Florida in baseball. He said, the Diamond Dogs got that W, and I'll make sure my Florida buddy does not hear the end of it. Listen, we love some good-natured trash talking around here, a little Georgia love. Uh, you know, after the Diamond Dogs got a sweep against Florida or whatever happens from the football field when Georgia keeps piling up those wins, a lot of Georgia fans are very good about reminding those Florida f- uh, f- fan friends in their life about what's going on there, and that's always great to see. So, Harvey, we'll give you a golden shoe there on that. And also, uh, our buddy uh, Jay Mall on Twitter, at Molly Mall, uh, enjoying himself some finished long drink. Love to be able to see that there as well. We'll give you a golden shoe, too. Hope you enjoy that here this weekend. Of course, speaking of those lousy, stinking Gators, about 4,838 days. That's how long it's been since they've won a national championship. Man, that is a tough title drought. 
And then, of course, that Gator Hater Countdown. Georgia back in Jacksonville, beating the Florida Gators again 204 days from right now. You'll have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday, live and in normal form for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We'll look forward to talking to you then.